Michigan and Ohio received about half of the previous allocation of hardest hit funds. And if they use the same formula, then, you know, that gives you some sense of the of the kind of scale that we might be uh, looking at here. Um, tens and tens, if not more, millions of dollars coming into Michigan cities to deal with the scourge of blight. Uh, it's It's the largest effort by the federal government ever to deal with blight. Uh, and that's why, you know, Senator Stabenow in the House leading, or in the Senate leading the effort, myself shepherding this through the House, we were really pleased to be able to get this through. It's a, it's a really substantial effort. How much money do you think it would take uh, to get rid of all the blight in, say, Flint or Saginaw? Well, I mean, in Flint, for example, right now, we know that there's about 3,400 houses out there that could be demolished. So, you know, based on previous numbers, that would be probably a 35 to $40 million price tag. The hope is, though, that we can go beyond just residential property and start tackling some of the commercial blight. Uh, if, if we're able to expand the program to include commercial uh, non-residential uh, sites, then that number obviously goes up. But that gives you a sense of the scale of the problem. It's a pretty substantial problem. And if you look at Flint, and then just imagine what that number would might, would mean in the city of Detroit, um, obviously we're talking about a pretty substantial problem, and that's why scaling the the solution, $2 billion nationally, hopefully a big, a big chunk of that coming to Michigan, we're starting to get at the problem equal to the scale of the problem. Now, as uh, we uh, wait to find out uh, how much money the state is apt to receive from this uh, new funding, uh, what other benefits besides getting rid of eyesores uh, are there to removing blight? Well, obviously the biggest one is that it, it affects the quality of life for people who live near those places. It just improves the the view that they have out of their front door. I mean, the life of a child is affected by how they see themselves in their own community. If they're not looking at a burned-out building but looking at a community garden, that's a really positive measure. But beyond that, uh, abandoned structures are 10 times more likely to be uh a cause of fire or a source of fire. Uh, there's more crime when there's abandoned property. There are more demand for services and lower property tax values because an abandoned house brings down the value of all the properties nearby. So there are economic benefits. There are benefits in terms of decreased demand for services. And then there's the social benefit of improving the quality of life for people who live there. So it's a pretty significant uh, win if, in fact, we're able to get this uh, done at a scale that really affects the the communities on a you know on a broad scale. The costs of uh, removing blight uh, here in Detroit uh, have been higher than uh, uh, originally estimated. Uh, are there any controls in place uh, with this federal funding uh, to ensure that uh, costs are uh, uh, kept at a uh, kept at a certain level? There are. I mean, it requires. Um, you know, all the typical requirements under federal procurement. I think one of the issues that, that uh, Detroit experienced is that the size of the program began to stress the capacity uh, for demolition. And when prices generally go down, when the scale of a project goes up, until you get to the point where the capacity of the private sector to address um, the challenges is, is stressed, and then that has some negative impacts. We've been able to contain the cost in Flint, I think, fairly well. 
partly because we've been doing demolition for a dozen years through the Genesee County Land Bank and have developed uh, systems and, and vendors that we can rely on. But the scale in Detroit is so massive that it's obviously going to require, um, you know, pretty pretty significant management capacity. Well, I've got you on the phone. I want to ask you about uh, the ongoing uh, water situation uh, in Flint. Uh, of course, uh, the city is now back on the Detroit water system. Efforts are underway to uh, mitigate the lead problem there. The mayor, the new mayor, uh, Karen Weaver, declared uh, a local state of emergency, has asked for uh, some more help from the federal government. FEMA shipped in some uh, bottled water not that long ago. Uh, what else can the federal government do to assist Flint, and what are you asking uh, the administration to do? Well, we're looking for ways that the federal government can help Flint rebuild its infrastructure. For example, I was able to get the EPA to agree that the revolving loan fund that is funded by the federal government that states administer can be used to replace the privately owned lead service lines that are part of the distribution system. That would go a long way uh, to decrease the amount of lead uh, coming through uh, the water system into residential um, property. Uh, the, the onus, though, really is on the state. The state government was fully operating the city of Flint, made the decision to switch to the water source. The DEQ failed to provide direction or oversight, and in fact may have gone even further than that. So my goal is to see where the federal government can be helpful, but to hold the state of Michigan responsible for the huge mistake that they made and make sure that they not only provide support to the city uh, water system, but provide help to those residents, those kids especially, that have been subjected to lead exposure and could have lifelong impact. There are ways to minimize that, and the state government should step in and fund those programs, nutrition, educational programs, et cetera, to minimize the impact of this huge mistake that they made.